0: Welcome to Connection Conversations. I'm Liz Askin, Conscious Discipline Lead Resource Teacher in Baltimore County Public Schools. I've been training and coaching teachers for over four years, and with respect to Conscious Discipline support, I've been getting similar questions, concerns, and wonderings from BCPS staff. A few friends and colleagues suggested I start a podcast, so here we are. I will be having conversations with staff from all over BCPS in various roles about their Conscious Discipline and SEL journeys and attempting to address some of the feedback our office has received. Now I do want to say that I'm not a Conscious Discipline Certified Instructor. However, I believe wholeheartedly in this mindset shift. It has positively impacted my life, both professionally and personally. As we all continue our journeys together, I'm hopeful that connection conversations will be helpful and allow you to make connections while being reflective in your practices. Welcome everyone to our next conversation. Today with me, I have Amber Bollinger, who is a third grade teacher at Pretty Boy Elementary. So welcome Amber. Thank you so much for having me today, Liz. I am so excited to have a conversation with you today. I have been to your school uh, a couple of times and as an MTSS resource teacher, you were one of my assigned schools and I have loved coming out and learning from your staff. And I've had a couple meetings with your team and you all are, are working so hard and building such amazing class and school families that I wanted to have a conversation and share your brilliance with others. So before we get started, I uh, wanted to start with a Brain Smart start. So for our Unite, we're gonna be talking for a little while today. So let's take a drink and get ourselves, our bodies ready. All right, so disengage stress. We're just gonna take three deep belly breaths in and out of our nose uh, at our own pace. for our connection. We're gonna connect with ourselves and with each other and offering up gratitude. So I am grateful for classroom teachers. I have a son who had an amazing teacher. I have worked with amazing teachers and I think that we are going to be a large part of a movement that is going to make this world a better place. How about you? What are you grateful for?
1: I'm just grateful for supportive teammates through this whole, uh, virtual learning and grateful for my students who really challenged me during virtual learning to try different strategies, especially when we're thinking about conscious discipline to keep them still engaged with their learning. Yeah.
0: And a commitment. So I know that, uh, Uh, One of my executive functions that I need to continue working on is time management. So my commitment today is to keep an eye on the time and make sure that we are on um, point. How about you? What is your commitment for our time together?
1: I commit to just sharing what I know and um, my personal experiences with conscious discipline over the past year and a half or so.
0: I think you can keep to that commitment. (laughs) So you can too. You yes, can do yes I can. I can do this. <laughs> so let's begin our conversation with you sharing a little bit about yourself and your journey with conscious discipline. Give us kind of a how you got started and how things are going.
1: Yeah, so um, we fully got started, I guess, this year with conscious discipline, but last year, about halfway through the year in December, we started using greetings with our classes because we were noticing that the kids were having a really hard time connecting with one another and making friends and we were trying to find some way to foster those relationships. Um, We got started right away this year with the greetings and commitments, and we even had our safekeeper box ready in that first week of school to show them how important it really is to, to keep it safe and how much we truly care about them as teachers and how much they should care about one another. And then through, you know, the commitments and the greetings, we even were able to do that, connect it more to the curriculum and content. Like I know I'm, we're departmentalized, so we see three different classes, and so we even, I would do a brain smart start every single day with every mod, and sometimes, you know, we would get up and dance, other times it would be just a quick, okay, get up, let's do for our unite. you know, we're gonna say the pretty boy pledge, or we're gonna um, just say, my job is to keep you safe, your job is to keep it that way, and even making the commitments into small group time you know giving them commitments to follow when they're talking together so you know it started off very simple (laughs) but then it kind of stemmed into everything else
0: yeah and i think that you um you're unique in the your third grade is departmentalized i haven't met a lot of third grades that are departmentalized but part of the reason why i wanted to have that conversation with you is that you're still making social, emotional learning a priority and infusing conscious discipline skills and practices throughout your entire team, even though, you know, you are departmentalized and you're only focusing on on one or two subjects, but you still have that like grade level family where the expectations are very similar in each class, no matter where they go. Can you talk a little bit more about, like, what are some of the, I guess, challenges and successes that you've had with that departmentalization?
1: Yeah, I think one of the big challenges in the beginning was just time. Because we are departmentalized, you know, we only have a certain amount of time with each group of kids and it was taking us a lot of time to implement and teach students the skills and practices. So in the beginning of the year, we had to um, modify our schedule just a little bit, where we would keep our homerooms for a half hour in the morning and go through those conscious discipline lessons and teach them those skills. And then when they would come visit each teacher, we would show them what that skill or structure looks like in our rooms. Like for example, the safe place, when that was introduced, when they came to us, the first thing we would do we would do our brain smart start but then we'd be like okay well you know you just read about the safe place you learned about that in our room this is where it is this is what you do just those reminders and you know in the beginning the brain smart start would take a while building really <laughs> those skills but towards the end of our time together in person you know i was able to get it done in about five minutes but it took time it wasn't just like okay we're just going to start this It'll take us five minutes No, it took a lot of time and practice for me, but also for the students because it was brand new to them because they've never experienced it before.
0: Yeah. Well, and I, I really appreciate that your honesty in saying that it took a long time, but you also found value in that time that you spent a little more at the beginning, but it paid off at the end. Do you feel like... Um, taking that time at the beginning helped your students to be more prepared and more mentally available for learning as the the days and the weeks progressed?
1: Yes, definitely. I feel like because even, I mean, I would have days where I would just breathe in front of them because I was just having a really rough morning. Yeah. Um, And, you know, just even modeling for me, like modeling for them, I mean just how you know I'm not always ready to teach I know that you're not always ready to learn but just taking that time to breathe and you know seeing how much they truly care for one another even in this time of um, social distancing and not being together like one of my students the other day shared during our meeting you know we're sharing our favorite memories and he said I am so my favorite memory is finding friends that care about me and like That truly, like I welled up with tears when he was, when he shared that. And I said, no, I'm so glad to hear that. And it really shows like how much time that went into the, you know, teaching those skills and strategies and how much it really meant to the students. I feel like that is like the one quote of the year, you know, from, from a third grader. Cause you know, I can say all the time, I care about you, you care about others, but hearing it from a student, I just,
0: Well, and that you created that that safe place and that class family that he felt safe, connected enough to be able to share from his heart and to not be concerned about, you know, how he would be perceived if it would be a negative way because he knew his his family cared about him and his, his peers cared about him. And I... Oh, that like gave me the the goosebumpsy chills. I am so appreciative that you shared that story and thinking along the lines of kind of you're building this class family, you're talking about breathing and the greetings were working. Was there another like skill or structure that you felt like worked really well for your students, especially them being third graders? Cause I know there's some concern sometimes with teachers like, you know, oh, my kids are older and they're going to struggle. Like what really worked for you and your third graders?
1: Yeah, um, I would say that doing that brain smart start every day um, was really helpful. I know I mentioned that before, but yeah. honestly, some of the songs on the brain boogie boosters, <laughs> like over the summer, I was like, oh, there's no way that a third grader is going to do this. Like they're going to laugh and be like, oh no, I'm too old for this. Yeah. The ones you would least expect got up and danced every single day to Boogie Rock or Let's Move. You know, those were their two favorites.
0: Okay, yeah. And think,
1: yeah, and I think it helped too. You know, I was doing it with them, but even in virtual yeah. learning, we've done like um, movement. So, you know, I've played the Brain Boogie Booster songs for them, or yeah. we've done other movements. And, you know, you think they would just sit there? No, like you can see them on their cameras getting up and moving. Yay. And I think that gave them that outlet to really get themselves ready, you know, get up, get their brain. I always said, okay, we're going to get our brain juices flowing so we can learn better today. And it really helps them because by the time they sat on the rug for, you know, that 20 minute whole group, Mm. they all sat there, they listened, they really thought about their commitments and they were able to be successful. Um, something else that they loved was the classroom jobs. Mm. So we had to be a little bit creative because we're departmentalized. Yeah. So, um, we, we all sat down in the summer and we came up with 25 jobs and those jobs transferred to each teacher. So when they were, because um, in our school, they traveled as a homeroom class. Okay. So if you were, let's say the safekeeper in Ms. Hale's room, when you came to my room, you were also the safekeeper in my room and they would just carry the safekeeper box to each of us. Okay. Um, as, as they move throughout the day, but that was, like the jobs really motivated them to want to be helpful and part of that classroom family because they knew, okay, just because I'm leaving Ms. Hale's room doesn't mean that when I go to Ms. Gould or Ms. Bollinger that I'm going to lose my job. You know, I still have this responsibility.
0: I, so. I That is such a great idea. I, it's a lot of, I, when I taught fourth grade, we were departmentalized as well. And I was in a, a learning cottage and the rest of my team was in the building and we each had our own individual jobs, but in thinking and reflecting back as a student, that could be really complicated as well. Like, I'm the line leader in this classroom, but I'm the table captain at this, and I'm the, like, and I'm trying to learn the array model, and I'm, (laughs) right, like all that, but to have that that predictability and there's there's all that there's so much research behind like predictability helping to support students in their felt sense of safety. You all are providing that in all of your classrooms and throughout the day. What a great idea! Oh, I love that you shared that. I'm I'm jotting that down. I'm borrowing that one too when I go <laughs> and <course>. coach with <laughs> with teachers because that, that it and it shows the testament too of that. The, the grade level team family that you all have created and you and your teammates work really well together. And you are very mindful of, of practices like this, which kudos to all of you for that.
1: Yeah, and like I said, it took time, you know, we really had to think about meaningful jobs and planning those out took, a, you know, just a while, but knowing that the payoff was so great, was so worth it. And, um, I also think too, like, um, with the, I just lost my train of thought, (laughs) um, with the job, like I said, it it gave them that sense of responsibility. And, you know, they knew that if they didn't do their job, that the family wouldn't be successful. And we talked a lot about you know, as a family, we are successful, we are helpful. And what are some ways that we can do that? And most of them be like, Oh, I have to do my job. So, and that transfers into the real world too. You know, if you don't, if you don't know your responsibility, then you're not, you know, you could not fail, but you won't be as successful. Yeah. When you so, yeah.
0: Well, and I feel like that also relates really well to, like, virtue language and code of conduct and making those connections with, like, your positive behavior system of, hey, we're on this together. You're, you know, your job is to, my job is to keep it safe. Yours is to help keep it safe. But you have a job. You're, you're part of this. You have a role and you're showing responsibility, you're showing preparedness or, or whatever that it may be to make those connections is huge for cats. Yeah. What about, let's be real a little uh, for a minute here. What are some challenges that you you've had?
1: Um, I mean, I talked a little bit about just the time, like how yeah. much time it was taking out of my instruction in the beginning. And Also, in like thinking, you know, in the beginning, there's no way a third grader is going to do this. Like for me, it was a challenge just trying to get into the mindset of um, being very consistent with the language. Like, oh, you did it. You know, you picked up the pencil off the floor. That was hard because I was so used to saying like, thank you for picking up that pencil. So it was a whole shift for me in my language and how I would address students. So that took a lot of practice yeah. and another challenge was that some students were going to the safe place like to like more than um one person at a time and okay. would stay there for like they they had time to calm down and they were ready yeah but, you know I had a coloring book there to help them calm down so some of them would go just mm. to color so we had to at one point I had to shut down the safe place just for a little bit because we had to talk about what the purpose of the safe place is and yeah. that it is not to go to just avoid doing your work because some of them, you know, i would go over and i chat with them, you know, what emotion are you feeling right now? And they'd be like, well, I don't know. Well, if you can't name it, you can't tame it. So we had to have a lot of that,
0: <laughs> that yeah.
1: been Towards like halfway through the year um, when they were starting just to go.
0: Yeah. Well, and I appreciate your, your vulnerability right there to be able to say one, I, it was hard for me to make that mindset shift. And I am like me too right there with that one, because I, I have, I still have some, some struggles with that because we're all on a continuous journey, but to say that, that, you know, you had to work on you first and that is a okay. And then giving yourself the permission to say, Hey, let's be reflective. This safe place. Something's deeper here. They're, they're in there for so long They're I got every page in my coloring book filled. I'm buying coloring books every week. Right. And so you were, you were reflective, but also processed it with your students to say, Hey, we need a pause. We're going to, we're going to close this and there's nothing wrong with that. Hey, Let's go back through this. Let's go over the five steps to self-regulation. Let's talk about why we use it. Let's talk about other strategies and things that we can do. The the openness that you had to share that is is huge because I know I've talked to a few teachers who have the have either had one of two things. They either have the mindset that They don't want to have it because they know it's going to be misused or they've had students misuse it so much that they don't know what to do Mm -hmm. and just take the pause and and go through it that
1: yeah and again it took instruction time but i felt like it was needed it was a need in our in our family because it was becoming a distraction because, you know, they had come over, Miss Ponger, so-and-so is in the safe place. They won't, you know, but they've been there a really long time. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, other students were noticing because some of them needed to visit the safe place and they couldn't because there was another friend in there. So then we had to talk about, you know, revisit the big emotions and why yeah. you need to go, and why you maybe don't need to go. Maybe you just need to go get a drink of water and take a deep breath and come back.
0: Yeah. Well, and I'm thinking too with that and relates to like restorative practices as well, because if they're impacting more than just one person, other people, it may, it's, it sounds to me like it wasn't necessarily a time machine type thing, like, or one kid, it was more of a, of a, a whole class discussion. So circle up, share, you know, I feel this way, you know, like I feel worried when you're in the safe place so long and I you know, I'm worried about you and what's going on with you, or I feel frustrated that you're in the safe place for 15 minutes and that's someplace that I really need and I can't use it. Mm-hmm. And so connecting those, those two practices there, I think is, is really helpful. And you were able to open the safe place back up, right? Yes.
1: yes. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. We just had to take, um, you know, probably about two days okay. of just a revisit and, then when I opened it back up, they followed the, the safe place commitments, I guess you could say, yeah. and they were, you know, they used it the, pr- the proper way.
0: Yeah. And while you tell me if, if I'm correct or incorrect, but you taking that extra time to do, yeah, you lost a little instruction, but then you kind of make up for it later because you're not getting interrupted in the middle of a lesson of like, Miss Bollinger, he's in there. Miss Bollinger, she's in there. He's throwing the ball. She's in it. Right? Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah, it it definitely helped with those interruptions. Um, and another thing, too, I, you know, when a friend was when a student was in the safe place, the safekeeper would often go over and check on them. And that sometimes would keep me from even, you know, having to go visit because they would be like, oh, I, you know, I go check on so-and-so. They're okay. They'll come out soon. Um, so that was nice because, again, I wasn't being interrupted to go yeah. check on them. Yeah. Wow! What and it's it really part of the job. Yeah, and it's just really amazing how much they really truly cared about one another. And I feel like this is the first year where I really saw that. Yeah, completely. And you're,
0: and you're building empathy, right? Mm-hmm. Like your students genuinely cared for one another, and if. It's, you know, my job as the safekeeper to help keep the classroom safe. That means that like the, my friend or just my, my peer, my classmate in the, the safe place might need my support and offering that up. And when I talk about jobs with teachers, sometimes I say, like, what are things that either drive you a little nuts or things that you feel like you don't have time for? Like, I'd love to be able to, but I can't can you make that a job and I think right there you've just having part of the safekeeper job to support students who are in the safe place and you could even like I do you have a way uh for students like let's say the safekeeper goes over and I'm like back off like I, I don't need somebody do they, do they do they feel comfortable sharing that with each other um
1: sometimes they would just say I'm okay but I don't want to talk and
0: okay. then they would
1: go back and then if I you know if You know you see when they walk over obviously when you're with a small group but um if i notice that they didn't talk then i might say okay guys work on this problem i'll be right back and then i would go check in with the student and then they would usually open up with with me
0: yeah because sometimes they, they need an adult yeah and there were
1: some times too where you know a student just really had a hard time calming down their emotions so instead of having them in the safe place we would just step out in the hall together and we would breathe together, talk yeah. about what we needed to do to get ready. And then we would go back in. Um, yeah. And, you know, the kids never once said, why do you go in the hallway with her? Because they understood, you know, everyone needs different things. This student just needs to go breathe in the hallway and calm down before they could go sit in the safe place and work on a different strategy.
0: And, and celebrating the fact that a kid was one willing to go out in the hallway and process that with you but also that the other students were were okay with it and that they they know hey that's just something that that person needs i don't need it right now so i don't have to feel like i you know i'm getting involved in that they're taking care of them and i'm taking care of me that's that's fantastic um so i know that your your school has started to implement things school-wide. I've seen a lot of visuals in your building, which has been really helpful. Um, Can you talk a little bit about how you've involved your families and your community in your school with your SEL and Conscious Discipline journey?
1: Yeah. So, um, well, one thing that we did, uh, we asked families for pictures for our safe place.
0: Okay, so you put, put like the our, friends and family board yeah, close so to place. a place. we had friends
1: and family board in each in each of our classrooms. And it was just our homerooms. Okay. Um, but, you know, they, they were still shown like a picture of my family was up there. The oh, students had pictures of their family or their dogs. Whoever made them feel safe at home, they would yeah. bring up there. Um, and then at our academic nights, we would have some type of social emotional learning station. Um, one One time it was about breathing strategies. Another time you know, they made a resource at home to help them calm down. So just, you know, um, making that involved. And then even our commitments in the hallway were all the same and posted. We had bus commitments. So the parents were aware of those bus commitments. Oh, that's cool. We use use the commitment language, like in our notes home, if they had trouble keeping their hands themselves, if we had to write a note home to their parents, you know, we would use the gentle touches language. And um, even in virtual learning, we had like, we had commitments, but they were different because we were sitting in front of a computer screen.
0: Yeah. But before
1: before our first class meeting, we sent that home in an email to parents, just letting them know, hey, these are what the students will be committing to each time they come with us. Make sure you go over them with the students before our first meeting. So they were fully aware of what was going on.
0: Well, and that's a great connection for virtual learning because I know I'll speak personally for my own Son who just finished kindergarten. I had to support him a decent amount with virtual um, learning and whether it was just, you know, sitting next to him to help him through things or even just like logging him in. But that must have been so helpful for parents to to know, okay, this is what they're going to be doing. And maybe they even made that connection like, oh, maybe I should start doing some of this stuff at, at home. So that, that's really helpful. I, I appreciate you sharing that. Your um, commitments that you have in, you have them in different places. Can you give us an example of a commitment that would, um, what about the cafeteria? I know you've done a lot of work yeah, in the cafeteria. Have,
1: yeah, we have cafeteria commitments. And one of them is I can raise my hand if I need like help opening something. But it was more specific, not just I can raise my hand if I have a question, but I can raise my hand if I need something opened. Right. So it's taking that, you know, commitment that they're used to, but then putting it in the environment that they're in.
0: That's fantastic. And that's a great model for students as well, right? Like I'm so used to this. My my teacher and my group of teachers, my grade level, we're always, you know, committing to raising our hand, but I need to be able to I kind of think of it like code switching, like I need to code switch my my hand is up for a question in the classroom, but my hand is up for support in the cafeteria or my hand is, you know, up in the hallway to signal that I'm quiet and so similar language, but modified based on where it is.
1: Yeah. And then even, you know, thinking about the small group commitments that I had, because, you know, in third grade, we do safe racer and a lot of hands on science lessons. Yeah. And so what I was finding in the beginning of the year was, you know, I had some group expectations, but they weren't really going the way I was hoping. Okay. But once I switched, I would say probably in like around November, I switched it to um, small group commitments. I use that language. Okay. And what I found is that just by saying, like, I can respect the members in my group instead of, um, you know, um, expectations, respect members in your group, that they actually, when they read it, they're like, oh, okay, I really need to make sure I'm respecting them. And there were some groups where I had to stop them and we had to revisit them as a group, yeah. talked about which commitments they weren't following, but after that conversation, they were able to work really well together.
0: Yeah. And I think the, what I'm hearing you say is the language shift helped them to have more of a family feel and to take ownership of it. It yeah. wasn't Ms. Bollinger's telling me I have to do this. It's I'm part of a group and I, you know, I care for my class family and my peers. So this is how I can be helpful to my, my friends and my peers. Exactly. Yeah. So, as I am keeping to my commitment and and looking at time, I want to start to um, wrap things up and think about, let's go hypothetical a little bit. If you suddenly tomorrow found out you're getting a new teammate to your third grade team, what would be one, it doesn't have to be like your top, but one suggestion, excuse me, that you would give to a teacher just starting out on this journey?
1: Um, honestly just to believe in yourself because you can do it yes. like it's gonna it's going to take time it's going to take practice it's not going to be you start it the first day of school and the next day your class is close and a family it's not a quick fix and it's hard to get used to like I even said earlier like even shifting my language was difficult, yeah. but it is so worth it. Like just the rapport between the kids is incredible. You know, they're connected and open about sharing with their feelings with one another. And I think that, you know, if you just take that time to set those structures, realizing that it is going to take time and that you are going to lose some of your instruction time, that in the end, it really will work out.
0: Yeah, and it's it's a balance and it takes Commitment. Right. We talked a lot about commitment. It yeah. takes the commitment to yourself of, hey, hey, I can do this, and I know that if that hypothetical really happened, that your your team would be very, very supportive. So, yes. I uh, appreciate you sharing your your expertise and your journey and being so helpful today. And in in looking back, I feel like I kept my commitment that I, you know keeping an eye on the time. I have my own ideas of your commitment. I think you did amazing, but I want you to reflect. Do you feel like you kept to your commitment? Yes, I do. I felt like I shared what I know and
1: I put my feelings into it also.
0: Yeah. And you were so helpful and I'm sure that, uh, our listeners are going to get some really fantastic ideas and some, you know, maybe personal motivation from, from our conversation together. So thank you so much. Thank you. I, I wish you well, and uh, hopefully we can we can do this again, and we can talk soon. Yeah, sounds great. Thank you. Thank you.